kingdom of God is bigger than Oak Grove Assembly of God. And uh, we invest in a lot of people. And, uh, and so we wanted, Melissa and I wanted to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And I wanted, to th- I wanted to say that if you feel like at any given moment in your week that you don't think it's all going to get done, give it to Jesus. I mean, if you'll give it to Jesus, he can take your little bit of time and turn it around and get it all done. How many believe Jesus can get her done? Of course he can. He's from the Ozarks. He can get her done. I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, about the God who speaks. And uh, we're winding down this mini-series. We were in a series in the book of Acts, got to chapter 13, 14, 15, and took a break because it broke. Uh, the book of Acts broke. Now we went from the early church, and now we're going out from the early church. The mission of God, the call of God on Paul's life and the people with him, planting churches, going to where people have never heard. Isn't that awesome? One of the things about Old Grove we love is missions, right? And so the mission of God, we're going to pick it back up. And, um, and, uh, but I just felt like we needed to, to talk a little while about prayer and talking to God. And not just talking to God, uh, because He is a God who speaks. Amen? He is a God who speaks, but but we also need to be a people who are inclined to hear what God is saying. And the many ways you can hear the voice of God in your spirit. Some people have heard an audible voice. I've never heard the audible voice of God. Uh, I, I felt like it felt like an audible voice because it was so clear. I mean, oh, God speaks clearly. It's not that God has a speech impediment. We might have a hearing issue, but God doesn't have a talking issue. And so he wants to speak to you. He loves to speak to you. He wants to be with you. He wants you to be with him. Is everybody clear on that? God has a plan for your life, and that plan is to draw you in closer and to give you the secret things that he has planned for you and to send you out to accomplish the plan that he has. So how do you hear when God is speaking? That's something that a lot of people ask me. Pastor, I don't know. How do you navigate through all of that? And uh, we chose Habakkuk or Habakkuk, or however you say it in the Hebrew or the Greek. Can I tell you, it's all Greek to me. When I read the names of the Old Testament, I just kind of skip over a lot of them. Uh, But most of them end with it. Uh, So I want to hear God speak. Do you? All right, so let's just check it out. This is Habakkuk. He is in chapter 1. He's having a real hard time, okay? Because things are not going his way. It looks as almost uh, a parallel to America today. In the moral decay of the Israelites, they are worshiping idols. They are turning their backs on God. And, uh, and the prophet of God is, is just blown away by it. How many see today that good seems to be evil and evil is looking like good? That's the way it looks like it. And so the prophet of God is a little frustrated and we'll talk with him and learn some things from him. But of all the voices we hear in a day, and Pastor Ron hears a lot of them, none is more critical than how I hear the Lord and how I respond to the Lord. And so we need to live our lives with the voice of the Lord. I wanted to call this series The Voice, but some of you would have thought it's sacrilegious. But yet you'll watch The Voice all day until the last million-dollar winner, right, or whatever. But, uh, but the voice of God, he speaks. His words are perfect. Can you shout amen to that? His words are perfect. His law is perfect, which is his word, right? 
And the psalmist said his law is perfect. Uh, God doesn't tell lies. God is not a man that he should lie. His words are perfect, full of nothing but truth and wisdom. Why wouldn't we want to listen to God? Right? And so his words are also practical. That's what I love about the Bible and about our God. He's not trying to stoop you or stupefy you or put you in some kind of trance to blow your mind with his smartness. I mean, no, God's smart. He doesn't have to prove it. He's not trying to entice you with some words that are or out of your reach, I can't comprehend. So when I was growing up, I was born and raised a little Catholic boy, never read the Bible in my life till Melissa, my girlfriend, gave it to me. Uh, I got a Bible, and we began to read the Bible. First time I read the Word of the Lord. Had a big Bible on our coffee table. It was so pretty in our living room. But nobody opened it. Mama didn't open it. Daddy didn't open it. Nobody opened it. It was just pretty. And so basically, never heard the Word of God, never read the Word of God, I don't know that I've ever heard the voice of God. Now, Melissa said when she was a girl, 12 years old, went into the Catholic sanctuary by herself in the middle of the day and sensed and felt the presence of the Lord. I mean, no, God's not bound by your title of your church. God speaks, and if you want a relationship with God, you can have one anywhere at any time. But I hadn't. But, 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 uh, but I love the fact that the Bible is so practical. When I read it, it speaks straight to me. It doesn't beat around the bush, Pastor Mark. It doesn't uh, try to, uh, you know, freak me out or anything. It's not hard to comprehend if we will listen and learn. And I was told, don't read the Bible. It will drive you crazy. Well, how many know I can't be more crazier than the crazies that are out there today? And so how do you live the blessed life he intends if you don't know his words? And finally, his words are peaceful. How many find the word of God peaceful? Anybody get a word from God and it brings peace all over you? You know it's a word from the Lord, whether it's in the middle of the night or whatever. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not just a truth, but a promise of peace. So, so I, get, I want you to get this. Your relationship with God is only as strong as your communication with God. God wants you to commune with him on a regular basis. And, that, and the truth is that God created us with a deep desire inside a God consciousness, even before we knew the Lord, to find a way to meet with God. And uh, in fact, every religion in the world, every false religion, is always just looking for access to God. They call him all kinds of things. They, they miscommunicate everything. They add their own stuff. They add things to it, and they come up with this conglomeration of what we call religion. And I looked religion up the other day. It is bondage. I mean, no, God doesn't want you to be religious. He wants you to have a relationship, a relationship. And God's people, he's leading the Israelites, and, uh, and he gives them a prophet, someone who to, can talk to the people on behalf of God, a spokesperson, if you please. And so God uh, created us to, to, with a deep hunger to talk and hear uh, the Father speak. He actually placed that desire in our heart. Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So if you're born again this morning, before at the outset, this is the intro. If you're born again, you have the capacity to hear God in your spirit. You have the capacity to talk to God, right? And listen to God and feel a sense 
that God, your consciousness has been quickened. Come on now. But we, we could all use some help learning how to re- recognize and listen to God. There are many conversations between God and people in the Bible. And I wanted to look at uh, the dialogue of the prophet Habakkuk to teach us how to better communicate with God by both talking and hearing. So Habakkuk chapter 2. Chapter 1 is the problem. He's saying, hey, he's saying, we, I've got a lot of questions. I've I got a lot of complaints. It looks like evil is winning. And, uh, and if you look at chapter 1, maybe we'll take a look at it. Let's just take a look at it. Um, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. So it was a burden, okay? Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry? He's crying out to God. And look what he says, and you will not hear. So now he's gotten so disillusioned that he's cried out so long that he thinks God's not listening. So he's saying, how come you're not talking? And God, he says, I am talking. (laughs) He said, I even cry out to you and violently cry out to you, and you will not save anybody. You're not doing anything, God. What's wrong with you, okay? Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There's strife and contention arising. Therefore, the law is powerless. Look at that statement. The law of God is powerless. There's no law. There's no justice. It never goes forth. And the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. You're not doing anything about everything that's happening around us. Is anybody feeling that way in America today? A couple of. So here the Lord replies. How many know verse 5 is a powerful verse? Look among the nations, O, o, o prophet of God, and watch and be utterly astounded, for I am working. Come on, how many know God is always working? He said, I'll work a work in your days which you wouldn't believe, though it were told to you. You don't even know, Habakkuk. You don't even know. Now it comes to faith. How I many know we need faith in God? We need to trust God. We need to believe that God sees all the, mis- the mishaps and he's going to take care of it. Then God shares what will happen to Israel and how he's going to use the enemy, the Chaldeans, to discipline them. See, the problem is we want God to take care of things the way we want God to take care of things. The say, it seems simple to me. Annihilate them all, but save me, God. I mean, no, Elijah the prophet had that complex. Lord, there's none out of there except me that's doing anything for the work of God. I mean, no, that's a lie. It's called the Elijah complex. I mean, no, 7,000 have not bowed their knee to Baal. Elijah wasn't the only one, but disillusionment can happen. It can happen. He just defeated the prophets of Baal on the Mount Carmel, and now he's running from Jezebel. It didn't take but one lady to put him in depression. You can figure that one out later. Now the prophet responds with a continued dialogue with God. I want to look closer at the conversation because it is a conversation, and communication is a two-way street. It's talking and listening. So many Christians just go to God in their prayer closet, close the door, tell her everything they want to say to God, and then they leave before God has a chance to answer. But not this guy. So we're going to take a look at it, and uh, here's what he said. He said, I will stand my uh, guard post or my watch, my lookout, and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what God will speak to me, but I will answer when I am corrected. This is what he says, okay? I will stand my watch, right? And I will wait to answer when I am corrected. 
Listen, I thought that was pretty incredible because nobody in the 21st century church, much less anybody else, wants to be corrected. Nobody likes correction. And if you correct them, they'll leave and you ain't got no part of you. Isn't that the truth? They'll bail on you. Don't want to be corrected. Don't want to be shown the correct way. Don't want to be told the correct way. I'll do it my way. It's my way. And if it can't be my way, I'm not listening to your way. And if that's the way you communicate and deal with people, humans, I mean, oh, you're going to have a hard time dealing with God because God wants his way. He's not selfish. He's sovereign. If there is no other way. And so if you don't listen to God and you don't do God's bidding and do it God's way, you're going to come holding the, the short end of the stick. Is anybody hearing me? It's going to be detrimental to you if you don't follow God's instructions. And this is what was going on. Israel was now uh, having issues. None of you have issues. But the first thing to do is to see the prophet that the prophet had. He, he was having a real issue here. What is God going to say to me? And then the Lord answers. How many believe God responds? He answered, and he said to me, write the vision down, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. That's God's response. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. It's going to come, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him. But the just shall live by faith. All the Lutherans should have shouted just now. I said, the just shall live by faith. It's your faith in God's word that will help you make it. If you're puffed up and proud and you're going your own way, if you're resisting the voice of God, the voice of the Spirit, the conviction, if you're resisting the promptings. I told the board the other night, last week in, in board meeting, I'm, I'm wanting to be more and more sensitive to the nudging of the Spirit. If I can learn how to listen to the very soft nudge, then I certainly ought to be able to hear him when he speaks louder and clearly. But I want to tune my ear to the very just simple nudgings. And it don't, I don't have to understand everything. And if you're an analytical person and you're OCD and ACD and uh, ACDC or whatever you are, if you're not sensitive, if you're, if you're, if you're uh, running through and not listening, you might miss a lot of detail. Because we all say God doesn't give a lot of details. Well, maybe he does, or maybe we don't listen close enough to get the details. Maybe the problem's not with God. Ever think about that? So Habakkuk was a prophet at the time when the southern kingdom of Israel was in decline and steeped in idolatry, and they turned in their backs on God. And like us, he prays and asks God to intervene, chapter 1. And, and then the wicked are surrounding us. The wicked are surrounding us. And, and we don't know what to do. How long will you put up with these wicked people? How long will you let the enemy take and, and devour our America? Well, the tra truth is, it's not our America. It's his America. I mean, no, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We don't own anything. And if he chooses to discipline America, that's his prerogative. If he chooses to discipline his own people, Israel, that's his prerogative. And if he chooses to use the Chaldeans to do it, it's still his choice. See, we found something out real early as I was saved, uh, just a young man. I found out that God does whatever he wants. 
I can kick against it. I can dialogue about it. I can question it. I can be aggravated about it. But God does whatever he wants. And so look among the nations, he said. I'm about to blow your mind. I'm going to work a work in your day. If I told you, you wouldn't even believe. So he proceeds to let the prophet know how and what indeed he is doing. I'm raising up the Chaldeans, a a, a bitter, hasty nation, which will march through the breadth of the earth. And watch this. Look what God allows. They will possess dwelling places that are not theirs. Do what? You're going to chasten me by allowing the enemy to take territory from me that doesn't belong to them? It's kind of the sowing and the, and the reaping, right? If you do not take care of what's yours, he'll take it and give it to somebody else. I mean, no, God is wanting you to be a good steward of your spirit man, a good steward of your finances, a good steward of your communication, a good steward of your life. Being a Christian is not just going to church. How I many know it, it's all of your life? Everywhere, God is wanting to teach us And so he's doing this. It seems big. It's huge. The enemy will possess things that are not theirs. So in essence, Habakkuk desperately prays to God out of his burden, watching Judah sink into this moral quicksand of idolatry. If this isn't America, I don't know what is. America's quickly sinking. I mean, I mean fast. And if you don't think so, you're like an ostrich with your head in the sand. It's sinking fast. And, uh, and, and like a watchman, though, Habakkuk sees God's sovereign hand raise up the enemy and his hand of chastisement. And, and they invaded Israel like this mighty east wind, it says. You can read the rest, crushing everything in his path, including Judah. Chapter 1, 7 through 11, God describes it all to Habakkuk. And after the prophet hears all that God was going to do, what does he do? He praises God. He praises God. And he says, you mean we will not die? How many of us, when we're talking and communicating, how many of you jump to conclusions? Any? Do you know the only calisthenics that Christians get is when they jump to conclusions? They always jump ahead. Somebody's talking to you, you think ahead of them, and you make your own scenario, and you jump to conclusions. And so Habakkuk is thinking, we're all going to die. You know, Chaldeans are going to come in, they're going to wipe us all out, we're going to die. And God says, no, I'm using them to discipline my people. This is what they're going to do, and you will live and not die and declare the works of God. See, if you get the right perspective, how many know you can have your right purpose? But if you don't have the right perspective, you think you're going to die in the dilemma, that you're part of the problem. And so we are in this world, but how many know we're not of this world? And so if if it's heading south, here's what I believe. If judgment is coming from the Lord, on the whole world, not just America. Americans believe that America is the only nation. It's sad. There's a book called The Ugly American. They think they're the only ones here. I mean, there's a whole world out there. It's not just Americans. When God brings judgment, he brings judgment on the whole world. When God wants to save, he saves the whole world. Not just America. Did you know God doesn't speak English or Spanish? Somebody needs to help me preach. He's God. He's above your earthly language. I tell you what he did do. He gave you a heavenly language. It would be awesome to learn how to speak in that. And you really start talking to God. All right? And so God does reply, and he tells him he's going to help. 
and he desperately helps in a big way. And for God is a covenant-keeping God. You're not going to die. Isn't that what he told Adam and Eve? You eat any tree, don't eat this tree. If you eat this tree, you surely die. And certainly their spirit died. Death is not the cessation of life. Death is separation. Not dying like dying. You're separated from God, which is death. I mean, if you don't have God, you're dead in the water. You need God. You need wisdom. You need truth. You need discipline. You need communion with God. You need it. Whether you believe it or not, I'm telling you today, somebody needs to help the preacher preach. We need the Lord. We need the Lord. The whole world needs the Lord. And we need to be talking, listening, much like Moses last week. Remember? He got away. The prophet's, he's taken back by God's way of deliverance. But, um, but uh, before we get into a reminder of what Moses did last week, I just want to show you what 14 and 17 says. Why would you use them to judge your people? I just don't understand the way you're doing this. Does that sound familiar? That's what, that's what Habakkuk is saying. I don't understand. And, and I get it. I've been there. How many thinks that you would have done something a little bit different than the way God's doing? Of course you would. Do you want to know how glad Pastor Ron is that you're not God? <laughs> so, so God speaks, and he's got a plan, and it's good to talk straight with God. That's what he did. So God teaches him like he did Moses last week. Look at some of the things that uh, Moses did last week that are kind of um, common to what Habakkuk is doing in the dialogue. Remember last week he got away from the camp of the people at the burning uh, I mean, at, uh, Ezekiel, at Exodus chapter 33, he got away from the people, went and put the tent of meeting outside of the camp where he can meet with God away from the people. Here's a good idea. If you are not able to get quiet before God, learn to get away. Get away and get quiet. Now, if you're ACD or whatever, A, whatever you want to be, ADD, ADDDHD, it's a hard thing. I'm telling you transparently. It's a hard thing. The reason I get all of it done is because I'm a doer. I'm a get-her-done kind of guy. I'm more like a Martha than I am a Mary. And if you can't self-evaluate who you are and learn how to find a time to be with God, then you're going to miss out on a lot of Mary time. Because Martha just was so cumbered about with all kinds of things. And it's easy in the work-a-day world in America. How many know it's easy to get busy? I call it the mistress of busyness. It will take away your relationship with God. So much busyness, so busy, so busy. You can't find a place. But Moses found the place just like Habakkuk did. He got away. He stood his guard post. He focused on the Lord, and he replied to all of his questions and concern. And the post, this post was a watchtower on a high wall looking over the area of the oncoming enemy attacks. Not just the enemy attacks. But also kings came that way. Can I tell you, if you do not set a quiet place aside, you might miss an appointment with the king. How about that? It's not just always warfare. It's not just always warring. It's not just always looking out for the devil that's around me. Sometimes I just want to be with the Lord. He's the, he's the groom. I'm the bride. Sometimes I just want to be with him. All the time he wants to be with me. He misses that time when you don't. Is anybody hearing me? 
so Moses was there. He wanted to go where God was and, and where God was doing things. He paid attention to the burning bush, and he took a closer look. He listened and took off his shoes to remove everything last week we talked about. In, in his holy presence, Moses got in the presence of God because in the presence of God, anything can happen. Anything can happen. That's why when he gave him the assignment, the mission, he said, I'm not sure I can do this. And he added at the end, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. Because remember, after that, uh, I think it's Exodus 33, God said, y'all go on into the land. I'm not going. And Moses was like terrified. What do you mean you're not going? Hey, Father, if you don't go, I'm not going. And Oak Grove, listen to me. As wonderful as you have been for 22 years, if the Lord wasn't in this, are y'all hearing me? If the Lord didn't design our life and guide our life and say, you marry Oak Grove Assembly, you marry them, you love them, you serve them, you give them uh, the the years of your life. If he didn't do that, it wouldn't be God's will. But since it is God's will, haven't we had a great time? Because God's not dumb. He knows you and he knows us and he knew we would be together and he said, it is good. God has sent people. If you want to see all the staff and all the leaders who brought this church so this far in 22 years, that's all I have. Just walk down this hallway, and you'll see all the people God brought along throughout the many years. If you want to extend past this house, go look in that hallway with all the missionaries that God has helped us partner with. We had six when we came, 76 now. Could somebody help me give God praise? We are... I said we are, and we are on the move. It's not because of me. It's because we came in the will of God to the voice of God in sensing God's will. If you don't know how to sense God's talking to you or how to answer God's calling or how to maneuver in God's presence, how to say yes, how to say no, how to say wait, how to move in and move out or or get out or whatever you got to do. How many know the Holy Spirit speaks? He will tell you when you're involved in something you shouldn't be involved in. Now, you can have selected hearing. You can hear what you want to hear. In fact, we have some preachers preaching selective preaching, telling people what they want to hear. How many know that's bad news? Because you need to hear the truth, listening. And so he was a watchman. It was a strategic spiritual thing. His quiet place, his prayer closet, he found a place to quiet his spirit and steal his thoughts and steal his emotions. So you can sense the presence of God. God's flow of thoughts and intentions are way beyond ours. I don't think it could be a frivolous moment. It's not a frivolous moment when you're in the presence of the Lord. I mean, it's a serious moment. God is speaking to you. And maybe we've taken that for granted. So like God just, you know, doesn't have anything to do. He's bored. Uh, Let's see, Josiah, you got a minute? Nobody wants to talk to me. I mean, no, that's not God. It's not God. He doesn't have to. He wants to. In fact, fact, he said, if you would delight yourself in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. Come in unto me. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And what? Learn from me. For my, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Learn from me. I'm meek and lowly. And, and what he says ultimately is, I will give you rest. Let me just see by a show of hands, how many could use a little rest? 
How about, how about mental rest? Emotional rest. Physical rest. Rest, rest. A little bit of sleep rest. How about a nap? I found in ministry that naps are absolutely spiritual. Go home and get one today. Don't do it right now while I'm preaching. Psalm 46 and 10. Uh, I gave you the background already. Uh, He's crying out. Israel's going down. God responds, I'm going to blow your mind. And he talked about Moses. Let's keep going. So he he found a quiet place to talk with God. In Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. You know, it may be easy for you. If you're super extrovert, you're always still. In fact, when you stood up a minute ago, you peaked. That was the peak of your day. You made your action. But for me, <laughs> I'm on the go. I don't even know how to stop. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that's a good thing. What I'm saying is whatever your, whatever your personality, you better find a way to learn how to stop and be still. And, and, and if you're in your car, you know, you can, you can be still a little bit and, and talk to God, can't you? So, so there's all kinds of ways for us to, to get quiet and know that God exists. In fact, I, 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 it may be a challenge for, for you. It is for me. I run in uh, mental overdrive. And, uh, but, but here's some practical things. I don't know if I put it up here, but I'll give them to you. Yeah. Number one, express your worship by listening to quiet worship. Now, Pastor Ron puts on instrumentals because it's easy you know the, the over the over the hedge, whatever that is, that movie for the kids. It's like squirrel. It doesn't take for one little movement, and I'm distracted. In fact, uh, I saw that little this little sheet move a while ago. I said, "Who's behind the piano?" I just did that a while ago during worship. It's, somebody's under the piano because this moved. It was the air condition blew the sheet, and I thought a kid was under the piano. I was like, "Oh my God! I I need a, a sabbatical. I believe." So I don't miss a lot. Mine moves. But when I get in the presence of the king, how many know it needs to shut down? It needs to shut down. Amen? Jesus said you better come apart before you come apart. And many times you follow Jesus, he found a way away. He got away and he got quiet. So so when I'm in my car, I listen to worship or instrumental, uh, quiet worship. Uh, Also, you can meditate on a single portion of scripture. So... Pastors study a lot. They, they, all they do is they do a lot of study, right, in the Bible all the time. But how I many know that can't be their diet of the Word? So God will give me a scripture, single scripture sometime. I'll just read that scripture text, and I'll read it and read it and read it. And, and listen, and Pastor Mark, I don't go look for the Greek. I don't go look for the Hebrew. I just stick to the text. I really need to look at the Greek and the Hebrew. I just want to be with Jesus. Are you all hearing me? This is the word of God. Why do I have to go to seminary and get a degree uh, on the Greek and the Hebrew when Jesus is speaking to me through his word? Just stop and meditate on it for a little bit. Is anybody getting that? Stay in it. Soak in it. Pray in the spirit. Steal your thoughts. Uh, not trying to find out everything. Position yourself before the Lord in peace and calm and rest. And, and you can also write scriptures and keep them posted to remember them. Maybe in your prayer closet. Also, I try to take captive my thoughts. Quite a challenge. Satan tries to distract us. 
very many distractions. In fact, I found this. The more you try to do for God, the more distractions there will be. If you're not a threat to the kingdom of darkness, you can read your Bible all day. He's happy for you. You're not doing anything to, to put a dent in the kingdom. Right? And so I try to take captive my thoughts and confess and receive cleansing. Sometimes you have to put on the robe of praise and take off the other guilty garments. And notice Habakkuk, what he did. I will keep watch to see. He was looking with expectation. He was looking at the Lord, waiting for a response. He fixed his eyes on the Lord. That's, that's a command, right? And so come into his presence. Envision the Lord. Make Jesus a reality. We know that he's really there with you, not a historical Jesus that was born in a manger. And I think that we're so accustomed, so familiar with Jesus, so familiar with church, so familiar with the mundane of the Bible. We read it and we read it. I read the Bible 17 times. Well, congratulations. Why don't you really read it this time? Because we're not just reading a book. This is not a novel. This is not a historical book. This is not a class. This is God's Word. Woo! We're reading God's Word. If you would put in perspective who's actually writing, who's actually talking, you would just be blown away. So God is speaking. And so if you take soak and just use soak, you can use Scripture. I, I call it Scripture meds. How many of you are on meds? Don't answer that. Might, might want to take some uh, meditation. What I'm talking about, Scripture meditation. <laughs> take some Scripture meds. Open your ears and your eyes, your attitude of humility, and kneel if you need to. Soak. Soak. Scripture meds. Open your ears and your eyes. Attitude adjustment. And kneel if you need to. Soak a little while. I think it'll help you. He's really there. I said he's really there. So he knelt uh, and waited or whatever. He kept watch to see. He had, he had an expectation for a revelation. I think he actually wanted to see something. Colossians 1.3, if you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things below. How many times have I pulled out my Bible, got in my prayer time, and all of a sudden I'm thinking about everything and anything? I didn't think about it before. How come when I open my Bible, Josiah, all these things and floods of thoughts come? I mean, no, that's a strategic distraction by a real devil. He's trying to stop you and get you looking at everything around you. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. There's just some things you just won't see if you don't stop and talk and listen to the Lord. Anybody getting anything out of this? Fix your eyes on what is unseen. He is God with us, Emmanuel. That's who he is. So don't ever doubt that. Doubt is one of Satan's schemes. Faith overturns doubt every time. It takes faith to know that you're reading the Word of God, the written Word. But he can give a rhema word. How many ever got a rhema word from God? A right now word. God spoke to you and you said, that's God. You felt it in your spirit. See, we haven't had the privilege of walking with the living Word when he was alive. But the Holy Spirit is with us. How I many know oh, He can illuminate the Word of God? He's living in us. How close can you be? And so trade in your doubts for your shouts. Have you ever been reading the Bible or worshiping and just get a, a, a Holy Ghost conniption fit? Anybody? 
you need to come with me sometime. It's a lot of fun serving the Lord. I'm not certain I want to go into your prayer closet. I might die of depression. God speaks. And then he said, he's, he's writing. He said, hey, he's waiting to hear God speak. He, he said, hearing the voice is so crucial, I'm not going anywhere. Have you ever felt uh, or used a, a phrase like, I just felt impressed to go a different way? You ever did that? We were in Romania. We felt impressed to go this way and not that way. God moved. We were supposed to go the way God moved. I mean, follow those impressions. Let God lead you. I mean, uh, have you ever said, I think this is just me? Well, of course. Satan would want you to think it's just you because he don't want you to follow God's guidance. What about this? I felt I should uh, leave a few minutes earlier. Anybody ever feel that? I just felt the Lord wanted me to leave a few minutes early or stay a little bit later. And if you'd have got on the road, you never know what would happen. I mean, oh, it pays to listen to the Holy Spirit. This person just came to my mind. I think I'll pray for them. Sister Carol, one time, her, her first husband were in Albania. And uh, our bass player at our church, they, uh, they, they uh, were praying. And they said that a vision of Miss Carol and her husband came in her windshield. And she immediately started praying. She saw their face and her windshield driving on. How many know you better be careful with some of that, right? Uh, make sure it's on the passenger side. See the face. She began to pray. And what she didn't know was that while she was praying over in Albania, they were laying on a mattress under the window with missiles flying overhead. How many know God knows everything? So if he nudges you, you don't have to question or doubt or confuse the situation. Just pray. Just go to God in prayer. It, it's not going to change anything. If nothing happened, you never know what's happening. So I prayed, and I suddenly I felt peace. Or I read the word and jumped off the page. So all these things are spontaneous thoughts. You, get, you begin to have faith and, re, and remain in faith. And, and that's, that's God moving spontaneously. It's not always planned out. If you're a planner, an OCDer, you can't, even, you can't even go to sleep without planning out the next day. God help you. How many know the next day is going to happen? And there's nothing wrong with planning. But if you, you know, have a heart attack in the night, how many know your barns are full, but if the Lord wants to take your soul the next day, none of that really mattered. What you could have done is spent time with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. And the final thing is, because you look like you're being bored to death. He's waiting to hear. I already said that. And the, and the final thing is he told him to write the vision down so other people can read who run, who read it. So this is what I love the most. It's, it's a missional statement. So everything God speaks to you so many times is tied to somebody else's destiny. If you will obey this word, it might affect those people. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? If God speaks you to give to missions, it might change the world in another place. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So God is speaking. You don't have to know all of the everything. You just have to write it down because sometimes, you know, record it, uh, doing what God's saying, write it down. He wrote what he heard God say, uh, and some call it journaling. Have you ever journaled? Before we close to pray today and come to the altar, I would so recommend journaling. I started journaling in 1987 in a class on the power of prayer. And uh, <laughs> I actually journaled so faithfully that I made a B in the class because he said, you missed one week. I said, I know, uh, I, I was being honest. 
if I went back to school, I'd be honest again. I'd rather have a B and be honest than an A and be a liar. You hear what I'm saying? Okay? So, but I learned, I learned on my first day. We lived in a little 12 by 60 trailer, my wife and I. And we had a little bitty room that if you stretched your arms out, you could touch both walls. Pretty awesome. And a little twin bed in there. I left our bedroom. I went in that little room. I got on my knees in that little twin bed. And I said, Lord, meet me here. Every morning at 6 in the morning. Meet me here, Lord. I opened the Bible in the first morning. I was reading Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my rock, my refuge, my God, and Him will I praise. I was just meditating on that. And I'm telling you, folks, I'm not making it up. I don't have to, uh, not trying to impress you. I was just a young boy, uh, young man on my knees. And sure as I was reading, I felt the presence of the Lord come into that room. I certainly knew if I turned around, something would be there. But I was so full of, uh, I don't know, scared or what, I wasn't budging. I just closed my eyes and prayed through. But, but when he says that he's there, how many know he's really there? He's really there. And, 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 uh, and that's why he said to, to uh, Habakkuk, if I would have told you, you wouldn't believe. Because our minds, are not, our minds are not geared to see the unseen. We're so earthly minded, we can't see what's happening in the heavenlies. The only way to understand and walk in, in the alignment with God's plan and will and everything, his word and ways, is to get in his world. If you're married for any amount of time, we're going to be married 40 years next month. If you're married for any amount of time, the spouse knows that if you'll be uh, in better alignment, if you get into their world. So like when I go to the mall, I got to really be at the mall. It's against my, my will. I don't want to go to the mall. It's like her watching football, but she's getting better. She's asking questions. Was that an end zone? Yeah, that in, what's the end zone, Ronnie? Well, okay, babe, don't worry about it, okay? I'm trying to watch the game. <laughs> and, and I'm at the rack going, oh, look at this coach purse, you know. I'm really in your world. She don't want to just be with me. She wants to be with me. You understand that? Because I used to sit outside the mall and just tap my foot until she comes out. God, please. How long, oh, Lord? That's what I would say. But all she really wanted was me. So, so if you're going to hear the secret things of the Lord, pay attention. God's things, he, he, he wants to share with you if he can trust you. So as you journal or record, it's a two-way dialogue. Dialogue what you said to God, also journal what he said to you. And watch out for doubt. Capture your thoughts. Cast down doubt and anything that sets itself up against God. And then test it all. How do I know it's from God? Test it all. John said, try the spirits, test the spirits. How do you know everything that somebody says is God is not God? Have you figured that out yet? And so, so test the spirits and try it out. Test the origins, right? 1 John 4, 1, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they be of God. For many false prophets have gone into the world. I met one of this week. See, they're not around. Trust me, and they're going to come around more and more because Jesus said in the last days, everybody's going to come say, I am this, I am this, I am the Messiah, I am that. I mean, there's a lot of confused people out there. 
trying and lying and deceiving. In, in Hebrew word for prophecy, it literally is to bubble up. It's supernatural, spontaneous word. It can come bubbling up from your innermost being. Whereas thoughts are usually progressive. One thought we have in the flesh leads to another thought, to another thought. I mean, no, God's thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. So when you're talking to God and listening to God, if it comes up, let it come up and bubble up. It may be. Uh, somebody told me one time, well, Pastor, I have to write down uh, the supernatural prophecies because I can't remember the Lord gave them to me the night before. I said, well, hum, honey, listen to me. God doesn't have amnesia. He didn't forget, and he's not using your carnal mind. It's a spiritual gift. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? It's a spiritual gift. So we should compare what we hear with the Word of God. That's how you test it. Every time, if the Word says it's sin, folks, it is sin. Let me try that again. Thou shalt not commit adultery is, this is what it means in the Hebrew. Thou shalt not commit adultery. In the Greek, same thing. So don't let anybody fool you. Sin is still sin. Amen? So if God tells you, well, God told me to be with that woman. If you're married, God didn't tell you to be with that woman. Here's what God told you. Go back and be with your woman. I'm not even prophesying. I'm just preaching the truth. God never validates sin. But you can get so confused that you begin to be so disillusioned that you buy into the lie. That's disillusionment. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So, so test it by the root. Test it by the fruit. Matthew 7, 15 through 20, be aware of false prophets who are wolves in sheep's clothing. Okay? How does it affect the people around you? What does it have? Uh, what, what effect does the word have on your soul and your spirit? Words from God will quicken your faith. Words from God will increase your love, fill you with peace and joy and humility. It may even convict you, but it will never condemn you. God doesn't want to condemn you. He wants to convict you and correct you, but he doesn't want to condemn you. Look what Habakkuk said. I'm going to stand and watch and listen and see, and so the Lord can speak to me what's going on, and he even might correct me. That is a wide-open heart. Lord, if I need correction, right? Hear my God. Change my heart, oh God. Mold me, make me. No? Put a right spirit in me. Convict me. See if there's any wicked way in me. Search my heart, oh God. I mean, no, that's a real prayer. And God can help you. And words that cause fear and doubt and confusion, anxiety and pride must immediately be dismissed. It's a lie from Satan, especially if it says it's just for you. Nobody else is worthy to hear this. I heard one televangelist say, I am the only one anointed in this world. Very popular. How many, he's very much confused. He's believing his own press report. How many know he's not the only one anointed? But he thinks he is. And then finally, confirmation with others is a, is a high priority and a huge thing. Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there's no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. It's just wise that if God speaks to you, you go to a confidant or somebody you have confidence in, a pastor or a counselor or somebody, a mom, a dad, a mentor, or somebody you have faith in, run it by them and see if they bear witness. It could save your life. 
Listen, folks, I'm not selling insurance. I'm preaching to you the truth of the word of God. This is not Geico here. I'm not a little lizard. Telling you the truth. So, why don't people listen to God? Maybe they don't believe he speaks. If he doesn't speak, why are we listening at all? Or, or maybe you're afraid of what he's going to say to you. What if, I, what if he asked me to go to Africa? Well, hey, go to Africa. Well, I don't like spiders and snakes. They don't have spiders and snakes in America. So this displays a lack of trust and failure to understand his plans. He knows what's best. And without knowing, you could be angry with God or resent God. Blessing, uh, blessing comes from repentance and, and talking to God, not blaming God or past situations. You, why would you listen to anyone you're upset with? Let God heal your path. If there's something between you and God, get it right. Or basically, you could have a rebellious spirit refusing to give up certain sin or stronghold, and you don't care to hear a convicting voice. You want a consoling voice. So what if I don't listen, Pastor? Well, as they come back, let me give you the rest of the story. If you refuse to listen to the voice of God, if I don't listen to God, you won't receive his guidance. You won't miss out on his plan. You'll miss out on his goodness. You'll miss out on his <laughs> grace. Uh, maybe uh, you'll listen to the wrong voices. If you're not listening to his voice, whose voice are you listening to? So uh, you could be deceived, make costly decisions, regret, and forfeit God's best choice. Other people may suffer if you don't listen to God. Your, your obedience affects other people. So in conclusion, what do you need to do to increase your sensitivity to the Spirit of God? I'm done preaching. It's altar time. It's altar time. I'm sure I could have said more. But that's my problem. If you don't know who you are, if you're, if you're introverted or uh, extroverted or in the middle of introverted and extroverted. You know, now it's not just one or the other. you got all these other dissected parts because everybody's just a little bit of this or a little bit of that. But if you don't know who you are, who does? you got to find out who you are. you got to find out how you are talking and listening to God. you got to find out how is this, how is this happening. So an uh, altar is a good place to say, hey, God, hey, God. I'm going to be still for just a minute. I want you to help me on a scale of 1 to 10. How are we doing? How are we doing? Am I spending enough time with you? Are you, or am I getting through to you? Are you listening to me? If you feel like guilty because you don't feel like you're hearing from God, that's not from the Lord. He wants you to hear. We just have to somehow clear the runway. Clear the runway. So let's stand together this morning and let's clear, let's clear the air. Let's clear the runway. Let's get to the altar because God can speak a word that can change your life. These altars are open. If you're sensing your suffering, you need to talk to God, come. If you need a word that will bring light to a dark situation, come. If you need healing into your sickness, bring it to the Lord. If you need forgiveness for a bitter experience, bring it to the Lord. Whatever trouble, whatever confusion, whatever calamity, Jesus is moved by your move. If you're moved by faith, he has a word that can bring order to your mess. Not only does God speak, God moves. But you in faith have to move and meet God. If you would draw near to God, God will draw near.